0: Thank you for listening to Bluebells Forever Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Lewis. If you've been enjoying this podcast and would like to be a contributor just to help us to keep gliding into the future like a showgirl, there is a fun and creative way to do that. It's called Patreon. It's a monthly subscription where you would be called a patron and you can pick your level just to help us keep going. The $5 level is pivot because life is about pivot these days. Pivot in a new direction. Your monthly contribution helps us keep moving. The swivel level is $10 per month. Add a little more sass above the pivot to help with production cost of the Bluebells Forever podcast. The bevel level is $20 a month, the stance of a real showgirl or showboy. Pure class. This monthly contribution includes two extra bonuses each month. Now we are doing what is called the Circle Back series, where I go back and re interview some of my guests from the previous season. These tend to go a little deeper and we can hear what these guests are up to now and a little more of their story that we didn't get to get to in an hour. So there's a little bit of a taste of my interview with Hilary Sukanos, which is really informative and her passion for keeping the showgirl legacy alive and reclaiming it is very inspiring. So have a listen to Hilary Sukanos. This is for our patrons only. And I feel like everyone should be a patron because of the second interview has been so much fun for me for the people I've done the second time because I feel like we've already established a little bit of relationship. Um, there's more, there's more that we never get to get to in in one hour interviews, so it's exciting to go. Okay, let's go back to those things and also what the heck has happened in your life since? Because even though we kind of feel like we're in a standstill this year, there's still things moving and growing and changing. Um, and so I listened to your interview again before I knew I was going to get on just because I wanted to make sure I knew what we talked about so I don't repeat. But I am in awe, that's my word I was talking to you before, in awe (laughs) of you, Uh, because your interview was so um, informative, but with passion. Like you can tell, people can tell history, like just data, but you have such a passion for that. And I loved hearing about your experience and you, you were so good at having the hard and the beautiful all in the same story. Like when you were telling about what happened in Paris with the terrorist attacks and how that, that reflection of being in in New York and America, not New York, but in America, like how you were able to tell these stories, I felt with a lot of dignity and heart and that's what good storytelling is. And so um, I was captivated and it was really fun to listen to it a second time, even though I, I heard everything the first time, I think I heard it different the second time, especially now that I interview people, I watch you on social media and I see what you post and I feel like, oh, I'm even hearing this different. Um, so I want to welcome you back and just kind of turn it over to you to say like maybe what you've been doing since we last talked, because that was a few months ago and a lot's changed for you and maybe even kind of circle back on some of the things that you had started, like the cabaret diversity and just your own place in the Lido, and just, let's just see where this goes. Cause I totally trust you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you are such a good storyteller, that, that
1: we'll be fine. If I just sit here and listen, thank you so much, Sherry. First, congratulations on your one-year anniversary of the Bluebells Forever podcast. You have made a huge contribution to the genre of cabaret, and you've made a home for cabaret and showgirls in Europe, in America, and around the world. So I'm so pleased to be here again for a follow-up. My name is Hilary Sukunos. I joined the cast of the Lido de Paris in 2015 for the new show, Paris Merveille, and I am Hot off the presses, I was just involved with a radio interview with a wonderful host, Nicole Inika Hamilton. They have hundreds of thousands of uh, viewers for their dance radio show and podcast. And who did I bring on and who did I organize? Why? Last time we talked about um, Christopher Renfrew and I started Cabaret Diversity Network to nourish and to bring awareness to the wonderful legacy of diversity in the genre of cabaret. So we put together a panel discussion with Benoit Swan, the choreographer of uh, Perry Merve, and the two principals, LeMichael Leonard Jr. and Charlotte Calixt. They were all together and they Mm -hmm. talked about the relevancy of cabaret today, diversity in cabaret and the importance. And also, just our, our lives as, as artists. So that's one marker of how I've progressed since our last mm-hmm. interview.
0: Hello, and welcome to Bluebells Forever, a podcast
2: with interviews of Bluebell dancers past and present. Join Sherry Lewis, a Bluebell herself, as she leads us on a journey through story and experience.
0: so I want to say good morning because it's morning for me it's evening for you so right now yeah. we have Laura, Laura Pearson and we were in hello this is the fun part is we were in hello Hollywood hello together for a few months but this is the thing is like I recognize names and found out we actually were on the opposite side of the wall for about six months so you were a singer so welcome and Thank it's you. just so fun to uh get to connect with you and I I have never spoke with you. And that's the fun part. It's like total stranger. Not anymore. We've spoke for four minutes and we have so much in common. <laughs> so you, I have not interviewed a singer, uh, Michael Erdley. I talked to him and that it's just, it's a very different yes. and similar thing to go through those auditions to get in those big shows. And so I had yep. fun hearing what it was like, like as a singer and to know Don Arden was no kinder to the singers than he was
2: to the dancers. <laughs> <laughs> So no, can he, you tell put terror in all of us?
0: Yeah, yeah. And then so you, when you get in there, you're like, "Oh, I think that's a pretty miraculous thing that I made it through that." So, <laughs> can you share a little bit of like your growing up of what you know,
2: were you singer, dancer, or, like when that kind of entered your life and why? Yeah. Well, I was about four years old when I went to see my older sister um, do a ballet recital, and she was wearing a red tutu with a white dove wrapped around her finger. A fake dove, obviously, doing an arabesque. And I thought, I saw her on stage and I thought, I wanna do that. (laughs) I wanna look like that and I wanna be her. And so I got involved in in ballet and tap as a little girl and (laughs) I was never out of costume. My mom said that I would never get out of costume. I just always had to have a costume on. And on my first day of school, she put me in this little jumper with my little brown shoes and she said so what do you think of your new outfit and for going to kindergarten your first day I said well mom it's okay but I'd rather be in a tutu <laughs> oh
0: my gosh I love it because like what world do you end up with the best costumes in all of the whole world that's <laughs> no. you know
2: you made that you did it oh my gosh yeah it was always about the costumes for me really I love right. becoming beautiful you know yeah. and a different a different um persona that I could project. I, I interviewed
0: Athena uh, Pataxel yesterday and she was talking about the, the sparkle and how sometimes you're told you're not supposed to like sparkle or girls. But when she said that I had this very vivid remembrance of my first recital and it was my sparkles and also the lights, like the stage lights. Cause I remember when you're, you know, your first recital, if you're little, it's, you get on there, all the lights are in your eyes and it either makes kids cry or makes yeah. some of us go when I mean, you want to step into it but I, when she said that I had this very visceral thing of like oh I remember what those stage lights felt like and that whole thing yeah. of feeling really pretty so anyway it was just when you said that yes. I got the chills because I'm like wait those are those little those little things that go keep going keep going right. and you're on to something here right wow did you love dance as much or was it like just let me get to the costumes
2: oh no I loved I loved dancing and I would dance around the living room. Honestly, I still do as an adult. <laughs> <laughs> Good for you. I do. Yeah, no, I, I love dancing. But I, I found I had, I think, more talent, perhaps, as a singer. Um, I was always a singer who moved. But, um, yeah. How did you know, know you could, could sing?
0: Yeah, I, I love was- that, too, when they have those auditions. Dancers and singers who move right <laughs> wow so did you so, did you know Were you also when you were wearing your pretty
2: costumes all the time did you ever sing or did you even know you had a voice I would pretend I would turn my brush into a microphone and dress mm-hmm. up and then sing to whatever records were you know the the hit of the day during that oh. time so yeah I oh, always fantasized about it and it turns out my sister the one in the the red tutu also has a gorgeous voice, and so I started singing. I think just to emulate her, and I found out I had a voice when I was about fourteen, just going into high school, and I joined all the, the the choruses that I could, and all these different groups, and then I actually got involved in a professional group, and started singing professional when I professionally when I was fifteen, and I remember my first my first solo was. Um, uh what do you get when you fall in love yeah that song mm-hmm. <laughs> i'll never fall in love again yeah yeah and and i just performed through high school um got involved in some different um, uh dramatic groups and then auditioned for carnegie mellon university which had a very prestigious musical theater uh program at the time and I got in and it was pretty amazing.
0: That's a big deal. That school, And I've heard of that school
2: and some people I know that have gotten in there. That's not a, that's not a little thing. And my dance instructor at the time was Paul Draper, who was as talented as Fred Astaire. And he was known for his tap dancing and has been in a number of movies, but he had a stutter. So he could never be given a speaking role, but he was known for uh, creating classical tap dancing so we do bar in class and we do tap dance bar very wow. very interesting wow <laughs> did you yeah. when
0: you were in high school because like i remember telling this like how would the count the career counselors are trying to help you figure out where to go to college and what you want to do because they'd asked me and i said i want to be a dancer and they kept saying no pick a real job and like everybody's so frustrated, like, you can't you can't make a career of this. Did you have it in your head, like, I'm going to do this
2: professionally, or I'm going to go to college and just see how it works out? Or No, I was, I knew this is what mm. I'm about, and this is what I'm going to do. Oh, good and for you. I did, yeah. I mean, my dad, I don't think, was too happy about it. I think he was very proud of me um, uh, being a performer, but he wanted me to have a quote-unquote real job to fall back on. Right. And I uh, know ultimately, as it worked out, I'm glad that he encouraged me <laughs> to go to university. Yeah.
0: What was your what was your university like? How much was it of uh, the arts and how much was your academics?
2: I would say it was more like a, a, a trades kind of thing. Um, it really was focused, I would say, 90 percent on musical theater. It was all it was costume building, dance, oh. music theory all these things. Um, and then a few courses thrown in there, like world history, et cetera. But ultimately I, I really missed using my brain in, in a broader way. So I left there after semester and, um, I, I ended up, uh, going to a number of different schools because I was both performing, um, Uh, during that time and so I'd end up in a different part of the country Um, and um, I ended up in I ended up in San Diego and I was going to San Diego State University and I was uh, in their musical theater group there and auditioned for the Old Globe Theater in San Diego and there was the director there by the name of Jack Teigat And we were doing a performance of Side by Side by Sondheim. And um, he said, what are you going to do after the show? What are you going to do after the show? And I was like, I don't know. He goes, Laura, you've got long legs, big teeth. You ought to go to Vegas. (laughs) And he said, um, and I never heard the big teeth part." (laughs)
0: <laughs> know. No, I'm just I, cause I was told you have long legs and you're tall, but the teeth part. Okay. I love that.
2: Never mind. Go ahead. <laughs> that was a great one. <laughs> <laughs> when you look at the photos of all of us, it's like, we all have these huge smiles. Well, and I've, yeah, I've, I've got big teeth. Um, so uh, my girlfriend and I decided we were going to go audition and we booked a flight to Vegas and we teased our hair up and put on our false eyelashes and we giggled the whole time. Cause we just thought this was such a funny thing to be doing, but why not? And we get to the MGM, and I couldn't believe, I couldn't believe how, in my mind at the time, how elegant it was. It felt so big to me, just the whole hotel, the whole place. And then going into the showroom, (laughs) I was in awe. And there were, were auditions, singing auditions going on at the time. And um, I think there were about four other people in the showroom and Don was there Jillian and one other person and I don't know if it was Don's assistant or Adrian mm. but um, uh, Don was just ripping into the singers just ripped <sighs> just merciless <laughs> as only he could do and, a terrible
0: um, thing free, because I think I've done auditions for musical theater where you go in one at a time into a special room. So you have no idea how they're right. going to be. And I've been on, on the, when you're on this stage and you're hearing never as cruel as Don, but you're also hearing people that are really amazing or really awful. So you kind of can place yourself of where you fit in there, but to only, were you hearing anything good? Was he saying anything yeah. good to anyone, to people? Oh, or was um, it all, everybody was getting ripped? Really? Everyone was. Yeah. Everyone oh my was my gosh. It's like you're just being led to the slaughter.
2: Oh, exactly. So <laughs> I thought, oh, well, you know, we're here. Okay, I'm not going to run out of the room now. I'm going to do it. And my, my friend got up first, and she's a beautiful woman, and she sang a song I thought sounded really nice. And he said, uh, he said honey, you're singing flat, sharp, all over the keyboard. Go back to San Diego and learn how to sing next.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh! Were you nervous, or were you? Did oh you have enough Oh my god, I'm so awful. Like you just picture, like okay, <laughs> like it's your turn, and you're on. Were you like center stage on that giant stage too? Yep. Oh yep. wow, that just feels extremely um,
2: vulnerable. <laughs> I know, you're one little person on this gigantic yeah. stage, and with this gigantic empty showroom. And when I when I walked up the the stairs at the side of the of the of the stage. Um, I could feel I was shaking, and uh, I went up to the accompanist, and um, he he looks at my he looked at my charts, and he said, "Oh, Judy, he just loves Judy." Oh yes, thank God, because I was singing uh, "Forget Your Troubles, Come On Get Happy" that song. So I sang it, and and Don he loved it, he loved it, and he asked me to sing a second song, which I did. Uh, I could. And a question
0: what yeah. does don look like when he's happy like what was it like because you only saw the negative when he was happy with you how did how did he was he like big or was it just like at least you're not terrible like did he
2: no he, I, the, the way i knew he was happy was he asked me to sing another song
0: <laughs> oh okay yeah because it's like that's a different scale than other people <laughs> okay yeah. i didn't get i didn't get uh, wow
2: so what was, what was your second fun. song it was all i could think of was for some reason i think because i was just so terrified and i had just sung this it was a patter song by stephen sondheim called not getting married today and it goes something like pardon me is everybody here because if everybody's here i want to thank you all for coming to the wedding it was like this for like four verses and (laughs) he was laughing actually he did laugh
0: really oh my gosh you did it you did something good (laughs) Wow. I've also, cause I'm not a singer. I'm a dance, a dancer who've had to sing, but I was always told do not do Sondheim unless you are like a major singer. Don't, don't bring a Sondheim unless you're ready to like be humiliated because you're not supposed to do that unless you're a really, really good singer.
2: <laughs> I think, I think this particular song was so ingrained in my head at that time, um, that I just felt confident doing it. So yeah. it but it was crazy choice it was like a silly choice but then after that then he told me uh, lift up your skirt higher higher you know <laughs> you can just imagine and <laughs> I must have had a blank look on my face because Jillian came up to the stage and she goes he wants to get a good look at your legs so I said okay
0: right. that's a <laughs> to tell somebody to lift their skirt I mean that would be considered <laughs> sexual harassment in most situations but like oh, yeah, oh he course. just wants to see your legs okay right right what, what were you wearing but what was your audition outfit
2: oh i had it was just a simple uh black dress with a belt and um you know hose and heels just very simple very yeah. simple i didn't try to do anything glittery or anything but then then he asked me he said dance for me dance i want you to dance for me so then i did um, a little balance say balance say pique, pique, and then did it in the opposite direction. And that was it. And uh, Jillian came up to me afterwards and said, he's thinking about you either as a principal in the new Jubilee show in Vegas or as a chorus member in the Hello Hollywood show in Reno. And that was that. And I didn't hear anything then after that until four weeks later, I got a contract in the mail. And, and I, I asked you when we like,
0: yeah, because there's no phone call. Like, would you like a contract? It was like, <laughs> no. that's just interesting thing to just hear it is like a month later. Cause you could have gone on and done other things and not even been yeah. waiting around for that. So you screamed, how was yeah. your family? Like, Hey, you're going to go to Reno and do this kind of show where people nervous or excited or, cause we've oh, talked excited. about like, if you're going this musical theater thing, sometimes Vegas is looked down on or did you have support well, for what you're doing?
2: Well, yes my mom screamed with me and she was totally supportive (laughs) we were so excited and and well mind you I had never seen the show so I didn't even know what I was getting (laughs) 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 (sighs) because
1: the
0: shows had been open for okay so yeah because I know when I came you rehearse but you get to watch it at night so yeah had you started rehearsals
2: before you saw it or did you get to see it before you started rehearsals I got to see it the, the night before I started rehearsals. And ab- actually it was, um, I, I don't remember her maiden name, but um, uh, Kimberly Sabini, who was, I think she was a, um, I think she was a pony. I'm trying to remember now, but anyway, she and I sat with Jillian in Kings Row. Mm. And we saw the show and we were both crying through the whole thing we just couldn't believe it oh we couldn't believe it we were crying we couldn't believe we were part of this fantastic show wow it was just so beautiful
0: yeah did you know did they did Jillian tell you what to watch watch because the singers like you said like sometimes they're doing almost as much dancing as a dancer so did she say hey here's what you're doing or do you you know because first you just get to be mesmerized by the whole thing
2: I don't I don't even remember if she talked during the show because yeah. I was just so dumbfounded by the whole thing. Oh, I'd love that. Uh, but I'm sure as time went on, uh, because we did come back and watch the show, yeah, and um, she would point out different parts to us. Um, yeah, I just, I've heard, I just believe it.
0: I heard some people get in the show and they don't even really know. They can't, they never get to see the whole picture because you rehearse. But then like, I think it's a gift to see it beforehand because you, I think you just have a more reverent attitude towards what you're doing. But if you just come in and learn your stuff, it's just you and you don't really see all the The components of what's going on. That's such a gift to get to see it and go,
2: oh, okay. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, truly. And I remember we had one night, one night off, right? A week, one night off a week. I remember going back in, going into the light booth and watching the show on my night off just because I thought it was so fantastic. Oh,
0: I love that. Wow.
2: <laughs> so how hard were those
0: rehearsals as a singer? Because you, there's so much of it on the movement, right? Because like, yeah. how did they do it for you guys? Separate uh, chorus rehearsals and separate dance rehearsals? Like, how did they so do your So
2: I would, do, I would uh, rehearse in the lower Ziegfeld with the line captain, Audrey Barbieri. And I would learn my spot there. And then I would um, sometimes uh, rehearse with the group on stage. But as I recall, that hardly ever happened. I remember the first time I did boats in San Francisco. You remember we were those boats yes. around our, our ways? Are you, that was the singers? Yeah. Was that by the
0: sea, by the sea? Was that the song you guys? Did?
2: No, we did. um,
0: uh,
2: I, I can't remember how it goes.
0: Oh yeah,
2: yeah. I for some reason I thought that was a ponies.
0: That was singing. Oh when we row,
1: row,
2: row. Yes. Row,
0: road,
2: row, row, row. That one. Yeah. Okay, those so, are singers. We, so the first night I had to do that, um, uh, the line captain says to me on stage right, okay, Laura, your first stop, do you see where the 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 two dots are. At the front of the stage remember so she goes stop on the two dots this is as the intro music is going and i said what two dots i was <laughs> i was really nearsighted and i didn't have glasses i didn't have contacts yet so i couldn't even see
0: oh my gosh because if you're in the wrong place in those shows it could go very poorly or somebody could get really hurt because well, that's
2: like fall
0: <laughs> fall right out yeah always. did you
2: yeah.
0: did you go in a couple
2: numbers at a time or the whole show at once couple numbers at a time but I pretty much think I was in it um by the third night I was doing the entire show yeah it's such an interesting it's not just you
0: but you've got people behind you in front of you and if you're in the wrong mark this I guess bringing back all this feeling of like yeah you know your choreography but when you just oh this is the real thing and if I go the wrong direction or if I step in the wrong place wow so what else was your what else was your with the singer track did you guys Uh, What did you guys do in the opening? You were the singers that welcomed her. Hello,
2: Hollywood. Hello. Yeah. So we were on the plane. So, okay. So many people who were on the plane, I have, I was a wing girl. Yeah. Okay. So I play nightmares all the time about missing the plane. Um, But uh, I remember my first, my first time doing that number, I came out down the stairs off of the plane and Sheila Spar was principal singer in the uh, stewardess role at that point and I remember at one point we did a stock with our hands up with our arms up and my my hand was right in front of her face and I remember she grabbed my hand like I don't know like it was a dirty hanky and pulled it down <laughs> <laughs> oh it's just so funny in front of the audience but anyway so, so we did um yeah so we did the opening we did um the of Astaire Uh, Oh was the way you wear your hat yeah Yeah. and then we did uh, night and day believe it or not we were standing on the side stairs singing in smoky costumes for smoke gets in your oh smoke gets in your eyes as we did not night and day smoke smoke gets in your eyes um and san francisco the the boats and the the hookers in the in the- oh yeah okay <laughs> This is. so fun. I'm gonna
0: watch the video again just to see where the singers because you really were doing a lot so you know it's like it's hard to like it wasn't like the singers were here you guys were integrated so much within all the things that everybody else was doing right right and you told me something that I didn't know that you guys had mics off and there was a singer track but then when you're what songs were your mics on for that you guys were
2: really just getting to sing it out just if we were understudying a principle okay now we would all sing out. I would hear uh, the people next to me singing. We'd all be singing, yeah. but we just weren't mic'd. Well,
0: you, yeah. Cause you said also you want your voice to stay in good shape. So you can't just be lip syncing yeah. and then expect to right. sing at fault. Cause then you're moving like the, the lung capacity for people that do those. You have to dance and sing as a, a different That's thing. Right. You can't slack. So you also were an understudy swing, right? How often yep. did you get to go into the show?
2: Um, pretty frequently and but that was after I became a principal so I became a principal singer after being a year in the core okay. so I had to re-audition for Don um, how mm-hmm. oh, just ridiculous I remember he made everyone do the showgirl walk including the singers and a, a, a point a particular pride for me was that he pointed me out as having a wonderful showgirl walk.
0: Oh, how wow. about that?
2: How about that?
0: <laughs> that's that
2: seriously that's high praise especially coming from him. That's a big deal. <laughs> but yeah, so once I became a principal, so I I took over for Debbie Decudro, who took over for Kitty Cover. So, um my my spots were uh my regular spots were uh, honeysuckle in oh, yeah. San Francisco and rose petals. And I would do Annie, get your gun riding the horse out in the finale. And then I would understudy other roles, depending who was out or sick for a particular day. And um, and I got I got bored. So I asked if I asked Jillian if I could learn some of the some of the tall nude spots. And she said, yes. So I did Pink Staircase. Oh, my gosh. And I remember the first time I did that. I remember the first time I did that. I was so nervous. And of course, all these women around me, with these perfect bodies. Um, and I was so scared. And after I did it, Frank Coombs came on over the loudspeakers, you know, backstage saying, Laura, it's so nice to see more of you. <laughs> 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 I was so embarrassed. Were you ready? Did... Were you just
0: ready to do it? Or was that a big deal to do that topless? Oh,
2: well, I was. I was nervous about it at first, but then I just realized I'm one of like a hundred people on stage. It's totally anonymous. People don't know who I am, even when I tell them where I am, what I'm doing, you know, and they can't figure out who I am in the audience. They're looking, looking for me. They can't see me. Um, uh, Those eyelashes, that's another story. But um, I wish, I think about, I think about the show and I think about how uh, I, I can't remember who it was watching from the audience with the binoculars, but if it was Fluff or if blue, when Bluebell came, I think it was when Fluff came. But you know, people were looking at us with binoculars to find out if there was a hair out of place, see if there were any tan lines or tattoos, to check my makeup. Oh my makeup. gosh!
0: I never and heard
2: that. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And I, I just wonder why nobody told me. To change my eyelashes. I was like this eyelash freak. You know, Saji used to sell eyelashes and his were the best and the biggest. I would glue three sets together (laughs) on my top eye. And I think there
0: were those that kind of spiky. Were Saji's the ones that kind of spiked out? Yes. And I
1: was
2: like, they're. Embarrassing. I see these photos of myself, and I'm like, "Oh my god, it's so embarrassing. I can't believe they allowed me on stage like that." But um, anyway, I digress. So I did. Uh, <laughs> I did Pink Staircase. I did understudy uh, the Space Queen from time to time, and that was okay always- oh. there's a Space Queen that's in the underworld with the oh, huge beehive.
1: The but there's yeah, also the what
0: is it? The the is not in the disco part. It's in the beautiful. So or whatever they call it, crystal
2: the policies yeah it the policies that was that beautiful mirror you're thinking when you, yeah, when you said disco you're thinking of the disco headdress but i loved it yeah
0: yeah that costume was one of the most beautiful
2: creations i think
0: that and then with the light would hit that oh wow um, and the mirror so cape the cape that, panels were 18 feet long each oh my gosh. Well, I interviewed the dressers and they talked about how those were so non-individual because you can't glue because the dry air there, they would. So they talked about how much work to do that. And now I'm just thinking of you when you saw your tutu with your sister, like, could you have imagined like, oh, you want to wear costumes, honey? Wait till you see what's coming.
2: <laughs> I mean, I mean, that's why I wanted to do all these roles, all the understudy, all these parts. I wanted to wear those costumes. I mean, they were so amazing, just unbelievably amazing. The best costumes in the world, so beautifully made. I think about it, you know, the Swarovski crystals, the Parisian feathers, the way everything was crafted so perfectly. And I get to wear it. Yeah, it's so good when people
0: keep that kind of appreciation because I think, you know, I I don't know if I felt people were jaded there, but I did other shows where you're just happy to be in it. And there's people that are knocking it and they're just bitter. I'm like, I want to keep this awe because Mm. when you stop doing it and you go, wait, I was part of that. But when people don't appreciate it, it's just hard to like not get caught up in that. Like you guys go do your negative over there. I get to wear this exquisite. (laughs) Like I think I'm the night and day uh, I think I'm, I can't remember how much they said those were. I know our fans were like 750 a piece, and that was back in the 80s. Wow. So, just the, uh, you know, what you were wearing, I'm sure, I can't even imagine how, how much we could ask Pete what that costume yeah. cost to make. <laughs> so, it's like, uh, you, uh, appreciate what you get to wear. And plus, you were like so highlighted. It wasn't like you were just in the staircase, we we're all amazingly beautiful costumes. But for that one, you were
2: definitely the queen for the day. And the, the scary thing there is you're on a, this raked, slippery stage and you cannot walk on that cape because you'll fall immediately on your rear end slide down I mean can you imagine <laughs> it's did like you have I love like, Lucy episode
0: did you have Hermes like because I know that the, the dancers were the Hermes no, you- no we wore Barefoot? heels yeah, no you, heels. Had he- mm-hmm.
2: you had heels on that Raped. oh my gosh okay yeah yeah, yeah. Him- luckily mm-hmm. you know everything had those um rubberized soles that were like yeah. tire thank goodness because we needed it but that was yeah that was so much fun but often I'd be asked to do it last minute so it was always rushing and I was getting dressed as the lift was going up (laughs) so of (laughs) course I still have nightmares (laughs) yeah that was talking to somebody else of loading uh for the
0: space curtain above you Hmm. had to kind of step over this gap and it would kind of give a little bit and and now I'm thinking Elle and I would there's so many things that we couldn't do but and I was saying, like, you're putting on your last bit of jewelry as you're jumping on and moving. Yeah. Like, like, of course, we're having
2: nightmares about these things. <laughs> and when yeah, you're young, Yeah, right, right. Like, you're young, you can, you can do it. Like, backstage, I also have nightmares just about all of the set pieces and the dancers moving and the railings coming down and going up and everything and, and trying to avoid those. But um, talk about... There, there's this... Um, a uh, story that I tell in leadership groups uh, is in corporate America, during my career in corporate America, but it's about courage. And I have a story from when I did the horse, when I did Annie Get Your Gun in the finale for the first time. And uh, in circus, I guess it was opening up circus. Or was it opening up? No, it was, it was opening like up. like a parade no, like, of
0: the MGM
2: musicals. It said yeah. like, and to get yeah. your gun, a Wizard of Oz before yeah. it went into circus. Yeah, that's right. That's right. So Kitty was out. Uh, Kitty Cobra was out. Debbie Takudro was out. Debbie was Kitty's understudy and they didn't have anybody. This was between shows. So I get a call from Adrian to meet him backstage. And he says, okay, we want you to understudy and he'd get your gun. I was like, okay. He says, have you ridden a horse before? <laughs> I said, I think when I was 10, he goes, okay, perfect. And he <laughs> <does>. <laughs> so what you need to do is jump on the horse. And, um, when the curtain goes up, then you just kick the horse frosty. That was his name as hard as you can and get him to go to that middle spot, uh, make him rear up and, and then, and then you start to sing. (laughs) (laughs) I rode a horse when I was 10. Okay. That sounds right. (laughs) I said, I said, Adrian, Adrian, I, am I going to have a chance to rehearse this? No. I said, Adrian, I don't think I can do this. And he shamed me into it. He said, Laura, are you telling me that you're going to, you're going to, Pass this opportunity up for a principal role because you're scared. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, uh, 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 no, okay, I'll do it. But can you imagine? Oh my In gosh! These days. So I did not have a chance to rehearse. So this is the thing: I have literally a ten-gallon hat on. Thanks, Pete Medefee. Beautiful costume with these gauntlets—gauntlets that had all these beads and rhinestones—and the 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 full chaps and the and the boots and everything and i have to get on the horse as they soon may as help can. you um yeah there was someone there to help get me on the horse mind you i, I was flanked on either side by michael colson and mitch hoshoey because they were on their horses and i also adrian like yells after me if the horses slip sometimes if they slip just try to get out of their way as fast as possible and come to <laughs> the <of> stage. <laughs> So, so I hear the, the, the opening music of the of finale, the curtain goes up, I kick the horse as hard as I can, this is following instructions, and go to the, the front, and I'm holding on, I'm holding on to the saddle with one hand, and I'm holding on, wait, the saddle and the reins with one hand, and my microphone with the other. And we run out to the spot, stop the horse, kick him, he rears up, then I have to sing they say that falling in love is wonderful, <laughs> wonderful and then and then and then turn the horse and run back as as fast as we can and that was that and i <laughs> I, I when i think about it now i can't believe that i did that no. and survived it i'm thinking that, my 20 that, year old would have gone, oh cool now i'm going
0: oh dear god because i'm thinking when you said slip because that's a wood stage and horse, yeah. oh my, and the, the, the horse did it every night. So it knew to rear up. Did you have to pull back or he just got to his mark
2: and knew what to do? Or did you he have to like- He knew what to do. He knew what to do, but, ha- but I had to give the instruction, but he knew what to do. So that And you've got good, a but... microphone in your hand. I'm and... holding a microphone. <gasps> and then I have to sing. Well, I'm on this horse. I mean... <laughs> and Adrian shaming me into it. I tease him about that.
0: Oh, I'm interviewing him <laughs> next
2: week. I'll bring that up oh that's good oh, oh my
0: gosh yeah did you because there was other like death defying things in the show like we some of us flew like an astronaut like way way up i right. only did it one show but there was well the rake stage there were so many so if you're going to be a principal here's what you get to do right so did you did you go into other spots or was it just it's kind of random like so you didn't you went in second show with that was all the warning all the all the practice you had
2: yeah yes And that those was it oh my god maybe that's good you didn't have time to get nervous and yeah probably I just had to do it literally wow. get in the settle and do it yeah
0: and you've told so- that for your corporate events of bravery yeah <laughs> that is that is wonderful because that's not a story you know people will will have in their repertoire for it's so great <laughs> right. so how you did the show a year and a half did you finish your contract and feel like there's other things you wanted to do
2: Yes. So I remember this. I'm sure you do, too. But we were all like, oh, so bored with the show. And I want to go on and do other things, not knowing just how incredibly treasured and special every single moment would feel to me now. Yeah. But but I I was going to make it big on Broadway, you know, so I had to get that moving. I I'm saying tongue in cheek, but I auditioned for Jean Ann Ryan for the SS Norway and uh, my friends from Hello Hollywood, uh, Scott Clough and Marjorie McLeod were in the show. So that was nice to have their welcome when I arrived there. So I I did cruise ship. Then I went on and I did Jerry Jackson shows um, in Acapulco and then in the Bahamas. And then I did Ron Ruggie show in Tokyo. We did three shows in five months and um I don't know a few other things but I yeah I I I got known on the circuit and I got hired and it was wonderful and then I ended up back in Vegas I was a showgirl at the Tropicana in the Foley (laughs) Brugere but did you sing did, did you sing at all in that show or were you
0: you got hired as a showgirl
2: I got hired as a showgirl I was hoping to get hired as a singer but that didn't happen so I got hired as a showgirl and I loved it because I felt like I was an undercover detective in a way Um, actually being with the dancers and I was a swing which I also loved because that kept it interesting and I had a number of friends from Hello Hollywood in that show Um, uh, Liz Larkin Thorpe and I are very good friends and we were roommates in Vegas, and we had also performed together in Acapulco at the Princess Hotel, which was the Jerry Jackson, one of the Jerry Jackson shows. That was always a so,
0: show I would hear about, because af- I mean, after that, nobody goes to Acapulco anymore, but that was the place, and Jerry Jackson, I remember just like, this is the show you want to do, because you, Kathy Minetti, was yeah, name, and, um, if you know
2: Jennifer, Kathy and James,
0: yeah, Kathy James. There's, mm-hmm. so then I worked on Norwegian Caribbean too, and there was a, quite a few people, Jennifer Halquist. I don't know if you, but there was a lot of them that would talk about Acapulco and it was like, cause I think that world opens up cause my first show was Hello Hollywood. And so my big getting away was Reno. So I got there and went, I mean, I think Reno grew on people, but I was like, <laughs> I want to go somewhere warm and sunny, but did you just hear, I went to Puerto Rico next, but then you just find out about the next one and the next one. Was the travel right. a, a, a fun thing for you too, to get to choose like all these fun places to go? Or was it more about the performance Whoa. and
2: getting to Broadway? Yeah, I mean, it was all it was all very scary, I have to say. The first couple of weeks that you're in a new place, uh, you're yeah, everything is literally foreign. But then you fall in love. You fall in love with your cast members, and you you fall in love with the setting, and you find out what's special about it. Tokyo, Japan, changed my life. Just such an appreciation for gave me such an appreciation for aesthetics of things. <laughs> everything oh, really? has an aesthetic and a purpose. The food, the placement, the textures, the everything is packaged beautifully. And I, I loved Japan. Oh, that's interesting. Oh, I did an ice <gasps> show in Korea too. That was interesting. As a skate Yeah, as a oh. singer. <laughs> I don't skate. I did audition. I did audition at the Flamingo Hilton for their ice show. I can't remember what it was called now, but oh it was pathetic. They even gave me skating lessons to see if I could do it, but I just couldn't stand at the skates. But this show in in Korea, in Seoul, um, in Seoul, South Korea, I I only had to walk over the ice. I didn't actually have to skate on it. Somebody whose interview is coming up um, was talking about
0: one of those ice shows where the girls, some of them were just, because they were beautiful, they put them in their costume and they would kind of just push them across, like get them a head start in the wings and they would just glide and they kind of help them get up. I love that because I, I just think the ice shows were kind of a, a weird combination in the eighties. It was like, yeah, vague, Vegas-y on ice. And I'm thinking topless on ice, like there, there you go. Everybody's perky. But then I, the thing that was me up was when they would spin really fast and then like stop and their boobs were kind of like one revolution behind. And <laughs> would catch up. So I just thought it's such a weird combination, but it's kind of like taking your ice capades in your Vegas and it worked, but it just, I don't know how long that, that, yeah era lasted where it seemed like a lot in, in
2: other countries too like bring those vegas ice shows in it's really interesting you mentioned that about about the boobs the breasts because don had such specific requirements for breast size and i did notice in the other shows that i did you get women who were a lot bigger and yeah. it it was not as um aesthetically pleasing let's just say yeah i mean they have beautiful breasts but not when you're dancing like you said or spinning yeah well
0: I remember like heat wave like there's like that jazz run that you're doing and you don't if you've got anything extra there that's not going to work and if you're underwater if you're yeah so there are some reasons behind that so yeah and there was no fake ones I don't think that I mean that wasn't really a big thing back then either it's like a natural was a thing too right yeah so did you were you did you still have your eyes on Broadway while you were doing these
2: yeah, so when I was in Vegas, I met up with an old boyfriend, and we, he was doing a national tour, and he invited me back to New York City, and I said, yeah, let's do this, and he taught me the city, and I did some off-Broadway, and um, I was in a number of different groups and, and did some industrials and commercials, and that kind of thing, um, but he also introduced me to publishing and to supplement my income. <laughs> and there I got a start in a whole other career. And I worked my way up from being a temporary assistant to being the publishing director for a division of Oxford University Press. And and I'm very proud of that. But I do have to say my first time in the office, um, I, I, I was playing the part of office assistant, right? Because this is my mindset. I, was doing all these cattle call auditions in New York where you dress the part. So I'm thinking, okay, I have to play the part of assistant. I had on this gorgeous suit. Now, publishing assistants wear jeans and sweaters, you know. (laughs) I had on this gorgeous suit, designer suit, and long false nails and full face makeup. But no, I didn't have false eyelashes on, but still. And within a half an hour, I had ripped off those nails. (laughs) <laughs> I'm sure I'd broken quite a sweat, kicked off oh. the heels. And I was just trying to keep up. And I, it wasn't until like the third day that um, I realized when somebody asked me to make copies of a letter, they said, do carbon copies. And I couldn't find the carbons. And so I would retype everything for as many copies as they wanted. And it was like the third day I discovered the copy machine. I I was like oh my god I'm gonna worship this machine this is like the best thing ever oh my gosh
0: (laughs) so you had nothing in your college had prepared you for this right this was you were learning as you yes came in
2: you had said something
0: Hmm. but you had said something about how show business prepares Hmm. yeah in a different way can you say like what the things you learned from show business because I think that's really a great thing because a singer I mean even what you're bringing as a dancer and a singer the singer brings yeah. in a different element too for corporate world and just outside of show business.
2: That's right. Well, I think more than anything, <clears throat> a competitive and uh, dedicated spirit to everything that you do um, a, and, and a striving for perfection for doing things the right way for being prepared in the shows. You know, I talked about the, the lady in the, in the audience with the binoculars like such precise attention to detail and we had to get it right because there were a thousand people in line waiting to take take that spot and so i i know that that has served me well throughout my career particularly really being prepared you're never late you're mm-hmm. never late you're always prepared and you always do your best and there's no compromise on that
0: no right. compromise.
2: And the other thing is, well, I think that showbiz people are very creative people. And so you bring a creative problem-solving approach to your work. Hmm. And probably most most of all, this notion that work can be fun. Hmm. And mm-hmm. I know for me, just like performing, so I always try to incorporate the sense of fun and creativity and opening up the creative spirit in the teams that i work with because it's not it's just not it's not just what's on the re- resume uh, that's not who you are who you are is all your cumulative experiences and practices and passions and i want to bring that out in people because when you bring that out then you get that that wonderful energy in a team and i and we we know that from performing the same thing in the business world
0: well and I think even how you talk about the team because when you're in a big show if you are slacking it it doesn't look good but like you know like you said you're one out of a few but it affects the whole production affects the whole group or I, I think we can come in a lot of American thing too is like we're so individualized that we don't think of the whole picture like my work affects everyone and affects the big picture so I thought, when you said, that, I just thought of that too. Like what you're bringing out of them, it's like this is not just for you to be a good worker, but it affects the whole thing, the whole production.
2: Yes, it does. Yeah, and people's sense of well being at work. Yeah, because then they come in as a whole person, not mm. just this part of me. And I always really try to encourage that. And that came from my showbiz experience. Were you, were you
0: going, okay, I'm not going to pursue singing anymore. Or were you, while you were doing publishing, were you still auditioning and and wanting to get into things or just transitioned out of
2: show business? I was involved in various groups where I had the opportunity to perform. And I did um, a cabaret show two years in a row in, in New York. Um, (laughs) Not surprisingly, given my, my love for costumes, I, I underdressed eight gowns. And the name of the, sh- the show was, is it the girl or is it the gown, uh, which is a not very well known Cole Porter song, but I underdressed these gowns, bugle beaded gowns, eight of them. And oh my you couldn't tell that I had anything on, you know, you could only see the one on top. And I yeah. peeled off the layers as a metaphor for showing another part of myself to the audience. Oh, um, wow. That was fun. <sighs> it was a lot of fun. So I tried to find every opportunity possible, but um, over the last, say, eight, 10 years, I, my travel schedule has been insane. I'm just traveling. I'd been traveling all over the world. Um, was your base New York, but you could go, because Oxford University Press, it was, it's a global, is it? Yes. Yeah, so I was, I was eight years based in New York. And then I got my former boss's position based in oxford so um i would travel to england quite a bit but the job we have offices and we have markets that we sell to all over the world so i mean i was in every continent. i was continent so i was um in japan a lot in hong kong in korea and vietnam italy and poland oh my gosh england argentina uh brazil mexico south america uh I'm sure i'm leaving some places out but um oh yeah turkey egypt so you still get to have that like travel life did it yeah. wear on
0: you or is it, was it still fun because it's different when you're 20 and you're doing that when you're like yeah. trying to settle a little bit was it still
2: fun or was it kind of taking its toll it both yeah, but re- really did start taking its toll the last say five years really did. Yeah, it's like I just want to be, I just want to know what time zone I'm in and get a good night's sleep. <laughs> so you're American, but you are now living in
0: England. What, yes. How did you end up there? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> I worked in Oxford at Oxford University Press for three years, and there I met my. Future and current husband. And um, so we met in Oxford and I moved here last November and we got married during COVID. So it was all very oh, interesting wow. with masks in front of the justice of the peace um, in July. Oh my gosh. there's like anything that happens in COVID, you need a trophy or
0: something because I know babies I know. are being born, people are getting life is still going on. Yeah. But it's definitely going to be memorable. Yes, And then he's also an artist in a way. So what does he do?
2: Yeah, he's an audio and video production. And he's also a composer and a musician and producer of various uh, cover band shows. But a lot of that is on hold right now because of COVID. Yeah. Are you still working right now or just working? At the moment, I'm doing some freelance stuff, but I can't, I'm doing some freelance editing, but I can't i can't work here legally until i have my visa and that's yeah. been delayed yeah oh, gosh
0: everything's on a different time zone. So do you do it because you know you've got like a sound engineer and you're a singer do you guys ever play <laughs> around with that or is that not um, as much fun anymore
2: sometimes but he's really kind of rock and roll kind of guy and i'm musical theater yeah oh that's and jazz standards you know so do you yeah. do you remember leslie bandy she was a principal dancer in oh, how are you I, I, I worshipped her I worshipped I worshipped Leslie Bandy and Liz Elliott Lieberman I worshipped them both I was I was so intimidated by them that I couldn't even look them in the eye in the cafeteria between shows I would look down because I was just I thought they were so awesome they were goddesses well I actually yeah. interviewed
0: them and I wasn't even sure if they'd say yes and I, I I told them I feel like I was 13 years old like with the popular girls and then I just like, <laughs> Liz is the most goofy, her humor. She's so wonderful. And, but yes. I remember watching in the wings and just with my mouth open. Cause they were so, so exquisite. So to talk to them as real humans has been really fun. Um, but Leslie is almost 70 and she's still, she's still creating. And she does this show that she's putting together. It's rock music with ballet. And it's like, she's got like pink play. So I just love that. Like the blending of the different worlds and like the show, but just like, yeah, so that might be a fun challenge if you guys can make that work with musical theater and rock. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, my thing, my thing now is is tap dance. I'm i become a passionate tap dancer. And are you really? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. When I was when I turned fifty, I read something on Facebook. Somebody said, "What what you were passionate about at four, do that." And I thought tap dance. I thought, well, where is someone where around here going to offer tap dance lessons to fifty year old? You know, with my background. Was a block away from where I live, one of the best tap dance centers in the world and I've been I studied with some of the best teachers in the world I'm I'm not very good but I love it so much because it's music it's rhythm it's dance yeah it's, yeah mind work. oh my it's, gosh that's so yeah.
0: that's so fun you come back to those first loves because I think what keeps you young it's like that but what, what brought you into that whole world in the first place yeah. I wanted to tap dance and then we have it at my studio and we have Zoom. So like, well, I'll just do it at home. No one can see me. And I try it for a while and I guess I just think I'm supposed to be better at it than I am.
2: <laughs> it's it's, so it's hard when you're alone. I, I miss like I, I really I really want to do it with a group. That's the fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's the fun. It's hard on your own. Yeah. Oh, that's so I love that you're doing
0: that. Um, so we're, we're going to, uh, end and it's always hard because uh, then well, hopefully after a few months, I'm doing circle back where I'm coming back. Cause I just think people's lives right now with COVID just, you know, in a few months, who knows what, when right. I first started, I started right at the beginning of COVID and everybody's like, Oh, it's just going to be a few months. And then now I'm talking to people almost a year into it, and it's definitely it's a different feeling of, <laughs> well, maybe we'll go back. Um, so when you think back of those days, especially hello, Hollywood, is there anything that just stands out of like a favorite feeling or memory or just kind of the whole, I don't want to say not the ambiance, but
2: there's something that stays with you as. Yeah. The, 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 the grandness of it all, the perfection of it all, <sighs> the spectacle that it was, but not just a spectacle. It was full of talented people. So many talented people coming together to make this larger-than-life production. And the feeling I have is one of intense gratitude Mm. to to Jillian for giving me a chance, you know, to Don. Um, I just feel such gratitude for all that I learned in the show from all the people I worked with, everyone backstage, the light booths, everyone. Mm. I just you know, and now I realize one of the best, very best times of my life. I
0: love that. And I, we, I think we said it before. I don't think we recorded it. Just how sometimes say you, so you could make your high school day, especially like if you like football players, like those are my days, my glory days. And then sometimes you make it better than it was. But I think for a lot of us, like I think at the reunions that we didn't make it as good as it was in our memory. And then when you go back with a different appreciation, you go, Oh my gosh, I think the gratitude grows instead of diminishes which I think the first part, like I'm done with that. So I'm gonna do the next thing. And I think it feels really important, especially since those are gone, is that sense of gratitude of like, you know, this isn't going on forever where all these young dancers and singers get to have this opportunity. It was just this window of time where it was at its peak and we were like in it when Don Arden was just creating the most spectacular things of his career.
2: Isn't that amazing? Isn't that something? We were a part of it. Yeah, really amazing. And there's a lot of documentation.
0: Like, there's different podcasts, people writing books. There's somebody putting a musical in it, in the costume museums. I think we all are having this feeling like, I want, I want to preserve this and I want to honor it instead of like let it just fade away like other things go away. It's like no, this is important. And I think the collectively, it feels like we're all like on Facebook. The com- like people are finding each other and reconnecting, and it feels I don't know. I want to say sacred. It just feels really beautiful that we get to go wow thank you this was i have one more question did you have a favorite song in the show to sing
2: Mm -hmm. i'd have to say honeysuckle
0: i've never done this because i've never had a singer would you would you sing us out with a little bit of it i'm so sorry you could say no but
2: (laughs) i'm trying to remember the, the lyrics of it um
0: is it does she come down oh that was that in the light of the silvery moon is that the same part? We're coming down from the set with yes. the moon into Honeysuckle
2: um, with the boys? With the boys. But you no, know, oh, it, it. it was the beginning of San Francisco after Boats, after By the Sea, By the Sea. And then I think it was Honeysuckle. And um, uh, uh, you are my honey, Honeysuckle. I am the bee I'd like to sip the honey sweet from those red lips you see I love you dearly dearly and I hope that you love me you are my honey honeysuckle I am the bee you are my honey honeysuckle I am the bee buzz oh
0: my gosh I don't Oh, I'm crying Laura that made my day oh. and I've never asked anybody to sing because you could have been like I don't even know but the fact that you just went right into it, it was so beautiful and watching you light up when you did that I just feel like that was just a, a, <laughs> a I wish everybody could see your face and then I'm like why am I crying oh I am like a oh, buzz, you're best. gonna
2: make me cry it's I, just I, it brings know, back so those nervous. Nervous.
0: oh it was so good and I think it's like oh, of course you were hired for this show you have a beautiful voice but it is oh, that was like it just but it brings back like you hear those songs and you go oh Oh yeah. So. I know. Very emotional. Oh. Well, I know everyone who hears this is going to thank you for that song too. So, <laughs> oh, thank you. So, uh, yeah, it was an honor to get to talk to you and, um, Likewise. maybe we'll do the circle back in a few months. is when things open up to, to see where life goes for you next. That'd be fun. And we'll thank post so lots of pictures because singer pictures are different. So it's kind of fun to get some new costumes <laughs> thrown into our rotation of, of memories. So, All right. You take care. And I hope that life returns soon and you can get your visa and and do what you love even more. Thank you, Sherry. Bye. Bye.
2: Bye. Bye.